Welcome to Dave Turner's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. This podcast was originally published on the week of January 21st, 2019, and runs for approximately 20 minutes. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. Hi again, everyone. It's Dave, and we're back with the latest episode of Seat Yourself. It's our 15 to 20 minute podcast on the latest in the hospitality tabletop sector. This week in our 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, the one that features Shannon Talon, Edward Don and Company's category leader for tabletop and buffetware, Shannon talks about the rise of melamine and what she views as its future in food service and hospitality. I think you'll find her take pretty interesting and what she has to say just may surprise you. And before we get started, I wanted to thank you for all the positive comments and feedback you're giving us. We love when people share our passion for all things tabletop in the world of hospitality. With that, now let's get started with this week's episode. Our stat of the week this week comes from a study done by Harris Interactive for the British magazine, The Grocer. And it says that 80% of 25 to 34-year-olds are partial to rum. Hey, who isn't? This comes from surveying over 1,400 British consumers. And interestingly, that 80% favorable number declines as you go up, but still stays at approximately 50% in the older, up to over 55 plus brackets. According to Captain Morgan's Faith Holland, as young people are drinking less, they're seeing higher quality in their purchases. We're finding that customers are drinking less, but they're drinking better. Well, to us, that sounds very familiar and seems to make a lot of sense. We've also noticed a wider and better quality range of rums lately on more cocktail menus. Rums seem to be following in that familiar trail that gins, bourbons, and others have blazed. Rum, now more and more, is seen as a sophisticated drinking option rather than something you just simply mix with Coca-Cola or some other sugary mixer. And in the same survey, Harris Interactive asked rum drinkers how many would be willing to pay extra for a craft bottle of rum. The answer was that 64% would either definitely or might pay more for a craft bottle of rum. Hmm, that story of premiumization sounds so familiar. Growth in rums and premium rums isn't likely to come from white rums just yet, or even spiced rums, although we have to say spiced rums have had a nice run and uh, have been driving the rum category in recent years. Currently and looking forward, it's really golden rums that seem to be where the opportunity is to differentiate and have guests experiment and eventually trade up. Okay, glassware suppliers, what special rum glasses are you suggesting to operators to help them improve that profitability? And operators, we know that more and more of you are listening to Seat Yourself. What are you doing to improve your, both your rum selections and to educate your staff on how to recommend and assist your guests with selecting just the right rum? We keep saying that it's always about the guest experience, and now we're thinking it's time to improve that rum experience as well. Our lead industry news story this week is a recent report by the NRA on the continued rise of food delivery and growth of quote-unquote off-premise eating within the U.S. restaurant business. We've talked about growth of delivery before and its impact on the tabletop category, and it doesn't appear that that delivery and eating restaurant food away from restaurants is going away anytime soon. Back to the NRA report, currently 63% of all restaurant traffic is considered off-premise, and that includes both delivery and drive-through sales. And it's estimated that by 2020, 40% of total restaurant sales will be from food delivery. Amazing. We've mentioned this before, 
but permanent tableware suppliers who view their competition as other permanent tableware suppliers are really missing the point. Lifestyles have changed and are continuing to change and they're changing quickly. And it's not just in the major cities. Second and third tier cities are more and more becoming a battleground as the concept of instant delivery from the likes of people like Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, and others is growing far beyond the urban areas. In addition, it's more than just fast food or even fast casual food that customers are turning to for delivery. DoorDash cites its new partnership with Cheesecake Factory and its desire to grow geographically that's been a major focus in the past year. They've been aggressively targeting suburban customers. Add to the issue of lifestyle change, an unparalleled push by the delivery companies themselves to aggressively sign up customers because, as the consulting company McKinsey says, once a customer signs up, 80% never or rarely leave for another platform. All this means that the time is now to get people to sign up and try a delivery service. So the incentives to the consumers from these companies to do just that are increasingly enticing. We're also seeing attempts from the restaurants themselves in taking over the delivery operation, as evidenced by the owners of Landry's recent purchase of the Minneapolis delivery company Bite Squad in a deal that was valued at approximately $300 million. All this adds up to a continuation of an already exploding trend of eating restaurant food away from restaurants. This continuing trend means impact in several areas, none of them good for purveyors of permanent tableware. First, obviously if the food is delivered or carry out, containerizing of food for travel is going to be necessary and we expect the disposables or the single service tableware segment to get more and more focus, especially in terms of design and innovation. Second, while restaurant openings with permanent tableware will still occur, the need for replacing of the initial install will come less frequently since more and more guests will be dining off-premises. And third, currently much of what is purchased for delivery or carryout is purchased as food only, without beverages. So the check average drops for the restaurateur, and that eliminates one of the more profitable opportunities of the meal. And with less beverages consumed, there's less need to replenish glassware so frequently. We're not here to say the sky is falling for permanent tableware. However, we are here to say that you need to understand the current lifestyle trends that are major influences to our category. Suppliers of permanent tableware products need to continue to truly differentiate themselves through design and innovation. They also need to continually tell their story and make sure that their products or service that they provide are a major part of helping the operator tell their story of differentiation for their particular restaurant. A unique cocktail served in a special glass, for an example, a sizzling steak served on a special platter, tacos served in a unique serving tray. Tabletop products need to continue to add value to the guest dining experience, and operators need to be aware of this benefit of permanent tableware. Along with that, operators need to also invest in and train their serving staff to be more than simple order takers. Listen, we still strongly believe that people will long for that great interactive dining experience. The tactile pleasures that come from being at a fun restaurant with family and friends, eating and drinking delicious foods and beverages will always be very difficult to replicate with delivery or any off-premise dining. However, it's not something that we should all take for granted. Restaurateurs and tabletop suppliers more than ever have to earn their way when it comes to the consumer dining habits. Another piece of news that caught our eye this past week was from Cruise Industry News. And that was that 24 new cruise ships will debut this year. That's amazing. The biggest one that's going to be delivered this year would be the Costa Smeralda that will carry over 5,200 passengers. 
unbelievable. The new vessels set to be delivered this year represent an additional 43,000 berths into the cruise industry. That represents a 7.5% increase across a still growing industry. Within the overall hospitality segment, it's hard for us to think of many other categories with that type of growth. Those numbers become especially important when it comes to tabletop and permanent tableware. Given the size of the new installs and the historically high replacement rates of tabletop in the cruise industry, if permanent tableware suppliers or vendors of all types aren't getting their fair share of the cruise ship business these days, you're simply walking by huge and major opportunities. And while we're at it, another great plus for tabletop suppliers in the cruise segment is the differentiation underway for the cruise lines and the historic value that cruise lines have placed on their onboard dining. A great example of that is our friend Rudy Soderman and the Holland America Cruise Lines and their Food and Beverage Culinary Council. In fact, Holland America just announced their lineup for 2019 aficionado cruises for food and beverage that will feature Rudy along with mixologist Dale DeGroff. Pretty amazing stuff. And it's not just the upper end. This type of example of using food and beverage to attract traffic and new customers is happening at all levels in the cruise segment. In fact, hospitality categories of all types are, and even industries like retail, are more and more using food and beverage to both entice new customers and to differentiate and strengthen their brand positions. The opportunities for tabletop remain. In our first product segment this week, we're excited that the NAFM show is just around the corner because that always gives us a quick first-hand look at new products that we're just starting to hear about. One of the must-see stops for us at NAFM this year is going to be the 10 Strawberry Street booth. This is a company that's always been known for white dinnerware and a company that has really been known mostly for large and oversized serving pieces that work well in buffets and you can mix them in easily and all that. Well, all that's been changing. It's not that they don't still have those great whiteware collections and those large serving pieces. They do. It's just that they've added a lot more color, colors that are more organic and natural, and a lot more bowl and platter collections in those colors. For instance, they've got a great new collection called Forenza. Forenza has organic shapes and two natural looking colors. One of the colors is a soft beige color. The other is a little bit of a light blue, sort of a sky blue color. But you're going to love both of them. The pictures I've seen have been terrific. But what I really love about Forenza is two of the items in both color collections. The first item is an eight and a half inch shallow bowl. Now with an eight and a half inch di diameter, it's really the perfect size for nearly everything. It's coop in its origins, but you know what I mean, it has straight walled side, uh, sides to it. And you, so you really have the full center of the bowl to make your plate presentations. This is one of the pieces that I definitely need to see, and you will too. The other piece in Forenza that I really like is a large, nearly 16-inch oval platter. Great for family-style dining and share meals, and it might even be great for buffet and catering service. I'll know more when I see it, but I think it'll work great there as well. One final product that we can't wait to see from 10 Strawberry Street is a new cork serving tray line. I'm told this may be the single most impressive line this company has launched in a long, long time. So we'll see that too as well. In addition to those ones we've mentioned, there are several new other collections. So there's a lot going on here. And then we're told that they all fit right in with this company's mantra of simple, elegant, and affordable. Lots of great stuff taking place at Denver-based 10 Strawberry Street. And at NAFM, the booth number for them is booth 287. Just think in the back, to the left, close to the what's hot, what's cool, and what works lounge. And while it won't be on display at NAFM, another product line we're liking a lot lately is a new Essentials line of barware from Art Cardinal. 
Essentials is not an extensive range of glassware, but it has just what you need. Hence the name Essentials, we're guessing. What really is appealing to us is the thin base or the bottom layer, the sham, if you will, that Essentials has. Combine that with the fact that Essentials Collection is tempered to give it all the strength you need and all the durability you've come to expect from this company's Arcarock line. Essentials has a couple of size rocks glasses, a highball, a beverage glass, and comes in both blue tinted and gray tinted versions, for at least a few of the rescues anyway. And for our way of thinking, the new Essentials line of barware from Art Cardinal, it's pretty sexy. It's sophisticated and it's practical. So what more could you want? Check it out along with all the other great tabletop products from Art Cardinal and their new partner company, Dudson. Dudson's a company that's been producing great hospitality dinnerware for 200 or so years. So you want to make sure you see that as well. And you can see it all at cardinalfoodservice.com. Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave asks Shannon Talon of Edward Don and Company the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about melamine and whether the trend is going to continue. And if so, what does the future of melamine look like? Hi, we're back today again with Shannon Talon from Edward Don and Company. And the, today's question for Shannon is, it's all about melamine. We've seen melamine grow in the last uh, what a number of years. And number one, do you see the trend continuing? And two, if you do, where is it going to go? Sure. Uh, I absolutely do see the trend continuing. More and more tabletop and buffet manufacturers and suppliers are getting into the melamine space. And that is a direct result of customers and users asking for more of it. Melamine used to be sort of plain, basic, white melamine pieces, maybe some platters uh, that might cost a customer a little bit more up front, but it lasted, it lasted them longer, right, in the long run. Now, melamine has evolved to where many times you can't even tell that it's not uh, ceramic or it's not porcelain. Um, and you can get these very trend-forward looks, organic shapes, textures, a look of reactive glazes, things of that nature, um, at a more reasonable price point with the added benefit of it lasting you a long time. So I do see that continuing to expand. I think the one challenge is that end users really don't like that they can't microwave it. And so I think that what we're going to see over time are our suppliers and manufacturers looking for uh, new technologies or alternate, perhaps alternate resins or something of that nature that could address that issue because that's the one sticking point still with end users is the, the fact that you can't microwave it. Um, so I think there's more technology to come in that space. Now here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave talks about the customer experience and why that evolution is important in the hospitality industry. In last week's commentary, we talked about the customer journey and its role in the world of hospitality tabletop. Well, this week, I'd like to spend a few minutes discussing how what we may have formally called quote-unquote customer service has now really evolved into the customer experience and why that evolution is important to us. It wasn't very long ago that customer service was something that only the sales in the quote-unquote customer service department worried about. Sales fretted over the customer until the purchase order was cut, and then sales turned that over order over to the customer service department, whose job was primarily to ensure a timely shipment for the products bought, and then an on-time arrival at the customer's loading dock. That was the extent of the quote-unquote customer service perspective. Well, today, those days are mostly gone. In today's world, customers and potential customers begin their customer experience long before they actually place their order. To take off on last week's commentary, the customer experience begins with the customer's very first awareness of your product or brand. 
The very first impressions that a customer has of a product or brand or even a company are the beginning of the overall customer experience, no matter where those impressions come from. From there, the customer experience continues through all the contacts, all the sample requests, and so on, through the time the customer actually places the order and receives their shipment. But like the guy says on TV, wait, there's more. From here, the customer experience continues as the customer begins to use their product, considers whether they want to place a reorder, and includes any follow-up experiences they may have with the particular vendor. In fact, each and every touch point throughout the customer journey we described last week is part of today's customer experience. The former thinking of customer service being the service surrounding order placement and then the attention paid to getting the order to the customer on a timely basis, they're simply over. The old concept of customer service is generally a reactive concept that starts in earnest when the order is actually placed or is about to be placed. Today, the customer experience is all-encompassing and covers the entire customer life cycle, including each and every touch point that the customer has with the product, service, and the company. That means that the customer experience begins with the product's development, with anticipation of how well the product will match up with that particular customer's needs. From there, through awareness, consideration, trial, and more, today's customer experience is much more holistic and much more dynamic and is continual. So we would ask the question, what kind of customer experience grade would your customers give the experience they receive from you, your product, and your company? Well, that's it, everybody. That wraps up today's Seat Yourself podcast. I want to thank Shannon Talon for joining us. And of course, I especially want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in today. And finally, I want to thank the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring, in part, this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. This is Dave Turner, and we'll see you next time. But always remember, Tabletop Matters. For more information and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com or email Dave at dt at tabletopjournal.com. Tabletop